Thank you for choosing Zion Baptist Inspiring Messages. This message was specially preached for uh, Pastor Dawson of New Hope International Ministry Church for his shepherd appreciation. Text 1 Thessalonians 2nd chapter verses 1 through 10. Title is Measuring a Successful Ministry. Let us pick up the message in progress. God bless you. The gospel, uh, that was my motive. My motive wasn't to get rich. My motive wasn't to become famous. My motive was not to have a big house. But my motive was for you to know the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, you can measure your ministry by its motives. And now I, I know we may be looking at some churches, some ministries that have some questionable motives. And I know that we sometimes get upset because uh, I've been there myself. I get upset. I see people successful. And I know the motives are not right. And I'm like, Lord, why don't you bless me like you're blessing them? But then I fall back on my knees and I pray to God. He lets me get rid of this jealous and this covetous spirit. And then reminds me upon, my, upon this rock. I will build my church. It helped me to understand that God is going to build the church. It's not one person's man or somebody's special talent or how big their assembly is, but it's the motive behind the ministry that's going to make the impact. See, see, Paul saying, look, look, you know my motive. See, I was beat down in Philippi before I came to you. You can look in Acts 16 to the 17th chapter. Paul was beat down in Philippi all because he stopped somebody from making money. There was a, a woman that was possessed by a demon spirit. That, that, that I like how the, how the New Living Translation said he became exasperated. That this woman was doing it for so long, Paul finally got tired and he rebuked the spirit. And then the man realized that my money is gone. He said he lied. He said these Jews are causing an uproar. The Roman soldiers came and beat them down, stripped their clothes off, did this all in public. They didn't take them to the prison. While they were, stood where they were, beat them down in public and locked them up. Paul and Silas were beat down, bruised, shackled, but all they did that whole day and night was to sing to God. Because his motive was not, oh, I'm a failure. I, I got locked up. His motive was, God, how can I give you the glory? His motive was, God, how can I preach the gospel in difficult times? His motive was, Lord, how can I stand up when everybody else is standing up against me? His motive was, Lord, I realized I was kicking against the bribes before. You knocked me off my donkey. Somebody might want to say he knocked him on his ass, and that's what happened. And he woke up, and he saw Jesus, and he said, I'm no longer going to go that way, but I'm going to go this way. No matter what troubles or trials may come, I am going to preach the gospel. Can you measure your motive? Uh, Paul says that God looks at our hearts. He, uh, in verse 4, said, he alone examines the motives of our hearts. Jesus made it clear in saying that it's not what goes in that makes you dirty, uh, but what comes out. And Jesus goes on to say, because out of your mouth, I'm sorry, excuse me, out of your heart comes adultery fornication, murder, lies, all this filthiness comes out of the heart. And I'm glad that Jesus made it clear because we got to take the time to check our hearts. Because when we don't check our hearts, then we're going to run into problems. That's why when the doctor takes the testicle, he listens to the heartbeat. They take your heart pressure. They do your blood pressure. They're checking everything on the, on the outside just to make sure your heart's good on the inside. Because it's one irregular, one murmur can cause a whole lie. A problem. 
Paul realized that my heart has to be right. My motives have to be right in order for this ministry to be successful, in order for my ministry to be, have purpose, to not to be in vain. He, he, oh, you open it up in verse 1. It says that you, you know. That our visit was not a failure. See, he realized that our ministry was a success because I'm seeing some things here. First and foremost, I realized my motives was right. But not only were my motives right, but my character was in check. See, Paul said, I, I, I was gentle to you like a child. I, I nurtured you like a mother. I, I looked after you like a father does his children. And I like it because he said, you know. I like how Paul is saying, I have to defend myself because I'm not there. So I have to write it down in a letter. But he said, while I was there, I did not have to defend myself because you saw. I want you to understand real closely that when you go to your workplace, what do your co-workers, what do your, when you go to school, what do your classmates, what do they know about you? Do they know your motives? Do they know about your character? If you follow me around way back before I was standing behind the pulpit, you will question my character. I, I was known as the class clown, and I was good at it. I could even make the teacher laugh. I was so good at it that people want to sit next to me just to make them laugh. And I would do it all the time. I, I would do all kinds of stuff. I would trip getting out of my desk and knock all my books down on the floor. This to make everybody laugh. They like that stuff when you knock your books on the floor. I don't know why, but they like this. I said, they like this. I'm going to do this. I, there's another thing my friend and I, we made up that we would, when a bully would come after that, we make jokes at her. we go, oh, no, and slide across the floor. And so we would do stuff like that in the hallway. We'd go about people's class. We'd go, oh, no, and the kids knew who we were. The teacher didn't know. We'd come sliding across the floor, and the kids would see it, but not the teacher. Did crazy stuff. Why? Because I was at school for the wrong purpose. My motives were wrong. I, my character was not in check. I thought I was there to entertain me, not to get an education. See, when, when my motives are wrong and my character is wrong, I'm doing the wrong things. Paul said, I'm not, I didn't come here with flattery. I, I didn't come here trying to tell you what you need to hear or what you wanted to hear, but I came preaching Christ and him crucified. Paul even made that clear in 1 Corinthians in the first chapter, looking at verse 23. So I preached Christ and, and him crucified. This foolishness is some of y'all. That's why I'm doing this foolishness of this preaching. But I'm going to stand up and preach Jesus in spite of what's coming against me because I believe it. That's why Paul wrote it. Greater is he that's in me than he. That is in the world. See, Paul had had this, and that's why we can take into in the, in the, in the great understanding about Paul that when he was teaching and when he was living, he was not living a lie. They seen him locked up. They seen him beat down. They seen letters come from prison, and he talks about joy. When have you ever been locked up and you was going to talk about joy? When have you been beat down and left alone that somebody had to search to find you because nobody knew where your whereabouts were? And you're going to see them and say, I love you, my brother. Go tell how the people that have not seen me how much I love them and I keep them in prayer. Come on. I get mad at my own brother and sister. They don't call me at the right time. Let alone you get locked up and people don't come by to take care of you. Don't say how you're doing. Don't give you a friendly letter or call, but you do all the writing in the relationship and you love them more than they love you. Are you serious? But that's ministry. Pastors in the ministry that he's going to do a whole lot of stuff for a whole lot of people and maybe just get one thank you. That's reality. 
A lot of people see you standing up here preaching, but they don't know the heartache and the pain you go through. Uh, am I right, Pastor Wilson? How you going to be there for somebody and be there for them till the, till the last hour, but when you have a rough day, you're supposed to be all smiles. You know, when's the last time you gave your pastor a friendly phone call? A friendly phone call. Not that friendly phone call you leave on the message because they don't answer. You just, I just call to see how you're doing, Pastor. No, you didn't. Some of y'all got called in a lot. That's all right, though. But come on now. I'm, 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 I'm speaking too much truth. They get mad at me. But I, 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 it's all right, though, because I get those phone calls. You People call you because they want something, but they don't want, they don't want to know if you're doing all right. Paul said, look, look. I am encouraged for you and about you because you are my joy. Pastors encourage and, and encourage about you because you are his joy. Uh, he, he, he celebrates you every day of his life while you celebrating this birthday. But every day he's praying for you. He's covering for you. He's being there for you because his motives are right. His character is being in check. He wants to make sure that he sees growth in the ministry that God has placed him over. And sometimes it's going to take lonely nights on your knees all by yourself just to see something grow. But when your character's in check, people see it. And when your character's in check, then when people talk bad about you, you got those that know you're speak, speaking good about you. And what the, the good testament is, the, the real test is that when, no, when the people that don't know you, you don't know them, and they can defend you. They hear that negativeness, and they say, wait a minute, I, I know that pastor. Uh, I've been visiting in that church. He don't know me, but I know that doesn't sound like who you're talking about. Uh, I think you need to go check your sources. See, Paul was dealing with that when he went to Thessalonica. Even when he went there in Acts 17 chapter, it was an uproar. They, they tried to kill him, and so they hid him at somebody's house, and they secretly let him get on out. But they that were believers, because of Paul being effective in his ministry, they stayed and were persecuted because of Paul telling them about Jesus. But they stood up and believed. That's successful ministry. Because the motives are right. The motives is focusing on the kingdom. The character is right. You, you see my integrity. Because look, look, look at this. Really think about it. You, you know Martin Luther King, but you really know him because how he lived, not because of what he said. We remember more of someone's life than their words they say. We're celebrating the birthday of pastor. Many of our birthdays are going to be that dash in between when we were born until when God calls us home. But yet, how much of that dash will be remembered about you? Because if your motives are not right, your character's not in check, people will not care about that in-between dash. They say they were here and they left. I don't know what else they did. They didn't impact my life. They didn't add on to my life. They didn't enlarge me. They didn't make me feel better about myself. They didn't do anything because of change in my life. But when Paul stepped up in Thessalonica to these ungodly folks, he walked up in there and he walked away and he found some godly folks. <laughs> because he decided, I am going to stand up against the enemy. I'm going to stand up against all kinds of conflict and controversies and difficult times, but speak and preach and proclaim the truth. No matter what you're going to say, how much I can't speak, or how you're going to try to stop me, I'm going to speak the truth. Because I'm here to please God, not man. Are you measuring your life? Your life is your ministry. I, I may get an amen on the way home on that one. 
We get all excited about Romans 12, chapter verses 1 through 3. Oh, yeah, I present my body as a living sacrifice, but you're not serving. When you go down to the end, it's your reasonable act of service. Some translations have worship, but if you do the study in the, in the, the Greek and the, the root word, it's talking about service. But we don't want to give God our life because our motives are wrong. I, I, I'm in it for the money. I'm in it for the prestige. If I get that trophy wife, I, I'll be all right. If I get this extra degree, I'm going to make more money. If I go to this job and get that big account, I can buy that nicer car I always want or get that bigger house I always want. A lot of us always think how we want bigger and better, suffering from the big barn syndrome. In the big barn syndrome, the conclusion is you die and everybody else gets your barn. Ask that fool who Jesus said, this day, fool, you die. The bigger stuff you have, the better stuff you have doesn't mean nothing because when you're gone, who's going to have it? The kids you didn't want to have playing with it. Come on now. Son, don't touch my car. When you're gone, I'll be all up in your car. Come on, man. That's what I did. My dad told me don't touch stuff. When he gone, he didn't know. We get caught up thinking that if only I just do this or do this, it's going to be better because our motives and our intent is not right and our motives impact our character. Think about it. If I want more money, I might be thieving and, cons- and, and, and doing deceitful things just to get more money. That's why I got to check myself. Have, have you ever been there before that your eye just look in the cash register? You're not a robber. You're not a thief. But you just want to see how much money is in there? Maybe that's just me. I, I see that when there. I'm like, wow, that's a lot of money in there. Yeah. Not that I'm going to take it, but I was like, man, I wish I had that money. Why? Because we always want something. There's nothing wrong with wanting something, but we got to learn to control it. See, see, the fruit of the Spirit, the last one is self-control, but we always overlook that one. You're going to tell somebody, patience is the fruit of the Spirit. So is self-control. Control your tongue. Self-control. Able to control the lust and the passion. Able to keep it under control. See, a lot of times we, we have so many young men and so young, young women having so much premarital sex because they cannot control the passion. Now we want to do that cop-out prayer. Lord, remove it from me. He's not going to remove it from you because he gave it to you. Because if he didn't give it to those who have it, our mommy and our daddy, where would you be? That's passion. But when it's controlled, it's a beautiful thing. See, when we understand the fruit of the Spirit, we put it all together. Love, joy, patience, gentleness, meekness, self-control. Against us, there is no law. When we put it all together, it helps build up our motives. I'm doing this not because I'm going to gain something out of it, but because I love you. Because I want to be gentle. I want to be meek. I want to be patient. I want to show some self-control. I really should get on a pat on the back for what the big things that I did. But even if you don't say thank you, I'm still going to serve you. Ask Jesus. I did not come here to be served, Jesus said, but I came to serve. A lot of us show up at many places and we want to be served, but we don't look to serve. We see somebody drop something. That's not my job. They can pick it up. They're able. Go ahead, bend on over, girl. You got, yeah, all right, good. I'm not going to hold that door for you. I'm going to slide in and let the door close. You got to open up yourself. We do things like that. Why? Because we're lazy. 
Oh, I'm going to speed up a little bit quicker. You trying to get over here. I know there's a traffic jam up there, but you're not going to get in front of me. Uh-uh. Shoot. I'm already late. You're not going to get there any faster. That car going to slow for somebody else. It's going to slow you up. Go ahead and let them on in. And say, Lord, bless them to wake up on time like you going to bless me wake up on time next time. When we allow the fruit of the Spirit to take residence in us, as Paul is showing, that when I allow God to use me for his glory, for the God to use me to honor him and not man, I can measure my ministry. I can see the impact, now, that my motives was correct, my, my character was in check. And not only was that there, but I can measure the message I gave. See, see, we lose focus when we don't understand the purpose of our ministry. If Jesus is not the end result, who are you serving? When you have meetings that last an hour and a half and you're arguing about the bottom line, how much money you have in the treasury, but you're not discussing how many souls you can be saved, your ministry is out of whack. When you have a special meeting because you're mad at members so-and-so, but somebody's dying out the street, and I'm not talking about physically, but I'm talking about spiritually, but you don't have an emergency meeting, how you can go and raid somebody's apartment buildings or somebody's neighborhood and say, we're going to be out there praying until they come to know Christ. We have problems with our ministry. See, we, we cannot get caught up trying to make people say, look how beautiful my building is. Look, look, look how, 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 how many services we have. Look how many ministries we have. Uh, at Zion, I ain't trying to brag. We have 18 ministries. I'm trying to knock it down to one. I got some Zion members here. I'm not trying to hide. I tell them all the time, I said less is more. When we can focus on a single purpose to get something done and we can put more hands behind it, we're going to get more work done. Tell me, if I slap you, if I punch you, which one's going to hurt worse? I think when all fingers come together, there's a more power behind it. But when we take the time, we want to be separate and be individuals. We all want to do our own things. We're just slapping that stuff and not making a dent. But Paul said, I, I did not come just to, with one finger. I did not come with just a thumb. But I came in the power of the Holy Spirit. I, I came to preach Jesus Christ. And I can see because there's been growth happening in your life. When I, le when I left it, there was an uproar. There, so much of an uproar that people got mad. that They want to kick me out. But guess what? I'm going to come back. See, when you do a good thing in your ministry, you realize that you got to come back to conflict. Where else is the message to be preached? But to those who have conflict in their lives. Jesus said, I came for the lost. That went over somebody's head. I'm going to say it again. Jesus said, I came for the lost. He came for those who were hurt. He came for those who were in pain and suffering. He came for the, 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 those who are blind to become able to see, those who are lame to be able to walk, for those that were about to die and be eternally separated from God. He said, I will take that pain away because by my stripes, and I got a witness here, by my bruises, he said, I will take all this just for you. This is the purpose of my ministry, that your life will be improved and gained. Not just to give you more money in a bigger house, because my father got all that. 
You want your big mansion now? Live in it and die in it. Who's going to care? What is a, what's a prosper? The grain the whole world, but loses your soul. But when you realize in my father's house, there's room of many mansions. I, I'm telling you this. I'm telling you this, Jesus said. I'm telling you this because I go to prepare a place for you so that when I come back, I can take you there with me. And we are just like Thomas. And we're like, Father, the Father, where you're going? Excuse me? Excuse me? Come again? And Jesus looked at him and said, I've been with you all this time. And you still don't know. When you see me, you've seen the Father. Paul said, I've been with you all this time. You've seen my character. You've You've seen my motives. You, you've seen why I came here. I, I didn't come here to get rich. I, I didn't come here for you to serve me. I, I didn't come here for to become your king or become your ruler. But I came here for you to know the real ruler, Jesus Christ, who's now seated at the right hand of the Father. Uh, that's the message that needs to be preached. I, I understand methods can't change, but the message should never change. Uh, the message has to remain the same. Uh, the measure of your ministry, your foundation, your measurement is Christ. Uh, you, should, you should be able to sing that hymn, excited on Christ. Uh, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Uh, we be able to understand that my foundation is built on nothing less but Jesus Christ. <laughs> And his righteousness. I dare not touch the sweetest man, but only lean on Jesus' name, on Christ, the solid rock I stand. See, Jesus said, Look here, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You need to measure your ministry. Is Jesus in front of you? Are you going the right way? You need to measure your ministry. Is Jesus the purpose of your ministry? You need to measure your ministry. He said, I'm the way and the truth. Is your message about the the truth. Here's your message about Jesus and him crucified who rose again to defeat death. Is your message about that. Then is your message about life. Eternal life. We can't be scared to talk about sin. Can't be scared to talk against homosexuality. Shacking up. Fornication. Premarital sex. People smoking weed like it's okay. We got to deal with this because not the kids, the children, people, my peers, young adults, we're being influenced from everybody else. It's, it's funny. We, we, everybody know more little Wayne now than they know about Jesus Christ. They want to sing about a milliall and a lollipop and whatever else he's singing. I like every time now I got an iPod and I get on iTunes, but every time I look to see the top song, I see such and such and Lil Wayne. I like I don't know the other person, but Lil Wayne like on everybody's song. Everywhere you go, you see Lil Wayne. But what about you? Everywhere you go, do you see Jesus? We'll close with this story. This man uh, was asking him. Uh, do you know God? He said, yes, I, I, I know God. He said, how well do you know him? He said, I, I know him by name. He said, what's his name? His name is Andy. Andy? He says, yes, Andy walks with me. <laughs> Andy talks with me. Andy calls me his own. Are you walking with Jesus? Because when you're walking with Jesus, it helps to keep your motives right. 
because you look to your right, you look to your left, you look all around, you realize that I'm standing in the light because Jesus is the light. I don't want to go into the darkness. I want to keep my motives straight. Uh, it helps keep your character in check because Jesus lets you know that. Look, look, look. I'm calling you to love others as you love yourself. I know you love yourself. You got some nice clothes on today. You make sure you eat. Won't you make sure somebody else eats today? I, I understand that. He helps make sure you measure the message. So are you talking about me? Uh, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your eyesight, Almighty God. Can we be like David? And the song said, Oh, Lord, how can a man keep his way pure by having thy word hidden within the heart so I might not sin against you? I want you to take the time to measure your ministry and make sure that Christ is that solid rock you're standing on. I wish I had a witness here right now. Now, understand that no matter what hell I'm going through in my marriage, uh, in my community, in my life, I'm going to stand on Jesus. Uh, I'm going to speak the truth. Uh, I'm going to be faithful to my spouse. Uh, I'm going to love my unworldly kid. Uh, I'm going to be faithful in my job and not like cheap like everybody else. I'm going to stand on Jesus Christ because I want to hear well done. My good and faithful servant. Nobody else can measure but you. God already knows your heart. But have you took the time to measure your heart? To measure your motive? To measure your character? To measure the message that you're giving? Take the time to measure your ministry. Praise God. Please join us in praying to God. And asking him to seek our hearts as we take the time to measure our life and ministry. Forgive us, Almighty God, Lord, for the sins, Lord, we have committed. Forgive us, Lord God, that even times we think we're doing the right thing, our motives were wrong. Forgive us, God, that the times that our character was not in check. Forgive us, God, when we chose not to speak the message because we were scared of being persecuted. But, Lord, we want to measure right now and make sure that Christ is the center and that Christ is our aim and that Christ is our focus. Lord, right now, we want to start today properly measuring our ministry, measuring our lives, and giving it wholly to you. In Jesus' name, Father, I pray. Amen.